and welcome to Book Chatter, a monthly book club podcast presented by the Longmont Public Library. I'm Barb, your host for this episode, and with me are Devin. Hello. Edward. Hello. And Z. Hi. To discuss our latest pick, The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper by Hallie Rubenhold. And as usual, today we'll be discussing this book in its entirety. So if you haven't finished reading The Five yet, you might want to return to this episode once you've done so. Let's start a little bit with some information about the author. British historian Hallie Rubenhold is the author of three works of nonfiction and two novels, of which The Covent Garden Ladies and Lady Worsley's Whim have inspired television dramas. Her debut book, The Covent Garden Ladies, captured the imagination of millions when it brought to public attention the history of Harris's list of Covent Garden Ladies, an infamous 18th century guidebook to sex workers. Hallie has a passion for telling a great historical tale and a nose for unearthing previously unknown stories from little-known sources. Alongside her writing, her extensive experience extends to presenting TV documentaries, advising on period dramas, teaching, lecturing, and curatorial work. Hallie's most recent book, The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper, published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt here in the U.S. in 2019, is the first full-length biography of the Ripper's victims. Disregarded by society for over 130 years, the five pieces together their individual stories and overturns much of the mythology surrounding their lives, including the belief that all of the women were involved in prostitution. The Five has become a London Sunday Times bestseller and has been optioned as a drama series by Main Street Pictures. So, let's go on with some initial impressions and throw some stars at this book. Devin, would you like to lead off? Yeah, I will give this a four and a half, four and a quarter. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed the way that this author presented the information I like that she concentrated on the victims instead of the crimes. There was no gore really in here. There was, you know, a little bit of talk about sex work, but not too graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this book, um, and I didn't know anything about the victims. I always thought, yeah. you know, Jack the Ripper hacked up prostitutes, and I was 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this book a lot. Great. Edward, your thoughts? Yeah, so I think I'll have to give this book a three and a half. I really enjoyed a lot of the information in this book. There was a lot of things I loved about the book. The one thing that I did not like about the book was, even though I enjoyed the vast amount of information, I felt like there was too much information in some mm-hmm. situations. Um, well, it's spread out throughout the book, actually, uh, where um, you know the author would go off talking about tin and the process of making tin and... Just, you know, stuff that. around the area. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I totally forget what they were talking about regarding the, mm-hmm. that victim. It was a, a lot of tangents where I would get lost. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely thought that caused an issue with the flow. Uh, just a little bit too much information. Um, but mm. on that, I did enjoy a lot of it. I learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And this was a really great take, I think, that was needed. Oh, absolutely. How about you, Z? Um, yeah, I think I would definitely give this like a solid five-ish, Ooh. like very hesitantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I probably maybe like a four point five. Like, but 
I, I'm glad that I read the book just because it did provide a new perspective on the Jack the Ripper case because it is so well known that, you know, just Jack the Ripper hacked the prostitutes, but it, giving more of a story and a different perspective about the victims themselves was very eye-opening. Um, although going on top of like what Edward was saying, there was, I felt like there was maybe a couple too many like side conversations or just mm. kind of like run along mm. conversations that I personally felt was, did not really like pertain to the story about the five like victims. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a couple parts where I was just like, okay, like, where, where's this going? Where's this going? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just like a normal conversation where that one person is like, was supposed to tell you about a recipe about baking, but then all of a sudden you're talking about conspiracy theories or something like that. You're like, where, how does this relate? I'm sorry. Here? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I definitely would recommend to read it at least and just give it a mm -hmm. shot for sure because it's not a bad book whatsoever, but mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. probably not my preferable cup of tea for sure. Well, um, I'm, I'm with you on the, the occasional rabbit trails, but I would definitely give this book a solid four and a half out of five stars. Um, I both read it and then listened to it, and uh, the narrator, Louise Braley, I think did a fabulous job. Mm -hmm. I love British accents anyway, mm -hmm. but mm. she <laughs> she has a killer one. Very uh, even-handed delivery of the information. And yeah, when she's going on and on about tin. Uh, yeah, it can get a little long, <laughs> but um, the stories were so absorbing um, and uh, just devastating in, in, you know, you're watching this person's life unfold and you see the consequences of decisions or circumstances and it, and it just breaks your heart to think that, you know, the biggest strike against every one of these victims was was basically that they were working class women in Victorian society in England right. and that that's already three counts against you and uh, but the stories that she unearthed the author uh Hallie Rubenhold uh were very thoroughly researched and I appreciated that depth of research but but yeah these were hard to read stories but um again um, uh, I would give it a solid four and a half. I did enjoy it. I, I tend to be a, a, a lover of nonfiction over fiction. Mm -hmm. So, so this was pretty enjoyable for me, but again, hard to read stories. <laughs> uh, let's go on to the discussion questions. And before we do so, I want to give a shout out to the Bossy Librarian, uh, bossylibrarian.com online has some wonderful discussion questions for books, including this one. So thank you, Bossy Librarian. We're going to start with which of the five victim stories did you find the most intriguing, surprising, or resonating, and why? Devin, you have some thoughts on this one? Yeah. I would have to say Elizabeth Stride okay. was the most interesting to me. She was, and correct me if I'm wrong here, she was the only one that came from not England, right? She came from, she was Swedish, and she oh, came over uh, yeah, when she I was in her early 20s, right? From Yeah, from the UK at least. I think one other was Welsh. But, oh, uh, you, yeah, yeah, you may be right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought she was, um, I guess, intriguing um, mm -hmm. in the way that she just really seemed to have really bad luck from the beginning of her oh, life. It's one I mean, the poor girl. <laughs> she, you know, as you guys know, she got a job as a servant, which was basically the only option available to yeah. her. And she gets pregnant, whether by rape or by not. Mm -hmm. But she is shamed and she has to 
kind of live with this decision or this thing that happened to her, mm-hmm. which her her religion and her community was not set up to for her to do. Right. Uh, so she get, and then she gets syphilis, so that's terrible. <laughs> and, and she yeah, and she has to go through these humiliating physical exams, mm-hmm. you know, where she's just completely naked, and these people are searching her body for signs of syphilis, mm-hmm. which was probably really stressful. And as far as I know, she cuts herself off from her family at this point. Yeah, um, So much. she's just a young girl, I mean, 17, 18, 19 when this is happening in Sweden, and she's got this stigma of, you know, this illegitimate pregnancy, whether it was her fault or not, mm-hmm. um, doesn't really matter. Uh, so then she she has... She goes into labor and prematurely, and her her baby is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets this job, I guess, kind of as a second chance to move to England or London with mm-hmm. this family as a servant. Again, pretty much the only job a woman could have at this time. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of just all goes downhill from there. Yeah. Um, she she was the most interesting to me, and also the way that she dealt with it later on in her story. It's like she mentally checked out. She mm. was like, "My life is terrible. I'm going to be kind of." sort of terrible too and like lie to people and kind of almost scam people a little bit mm-hmm. um i don't blame her but yeah mm-hmm. yeah she was she was the one for me yeah i i uh, have to say i had a very soft place in my heart for Catherine or kate yeah um and again you know you see circumstances in her life just seem to conspire against her but she had a very strong streak of independence and I admired that. She made choices for her life that went against the societal norms in Victorian England. She was literate. She was bright. She was musical. She was um, taken in by <laughs> a guy who, you know, told a nice story yeah. and uh, wound up you know, basically moving from town to town with this this fancy man that oh, she met, the, the and Chapman, they were the, yes. the singers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was, basically buskers. I would, you yeah. know, think I got of the, last the guys on the Pearl Street Mall, you mm-hmm. know, uh, who you know sing a song that they made up themselves, yeah. and um, I I so admired that that streak of independence in her. But it seems like at every turn it cost her, yeah. and mm. and so. I, I got the real um, soft place in my heart for her. I, I, I also found the, uh, oh, my, uh, it seems that it, part of her story included the um, public hanging of a distant cousin yes. of hers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. for her and her partner, boyfriend, whatever, that that was uh, a financial opportunity. <laughs> also, right. she made bank oh, on that. Oh, my gosh, yes. And so, you know, they wrote, uh, they wrote tunes, uh, you know, from the perspective of the person who's about to be hanged and sold them at wow. this, this public execution. Right. Yeah, it it sounds so Dickensian mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> so more like the, the guy had killed the cousin, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't mean to kill my lover. And that yes. was the whole song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the whole song yeah. was written from the point of view That's of the right. person about to die. Oh, my. That, that, yeah, that was pretty straight to me. Yeah, that was kind of dark. That yeah. was kind of dark. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh. I mean, public hangings, I mean, right, that's no. the norm, I guess. So. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But still, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, like people would like hawk their stuff, like public hangings. <laughs> like, hey, Sell food, you know, yes, trinkets, whatever. Right. <laughs> Different times. Definitely. Different. Well, that kind of leads into the next question. Did, you, did anything surprise you about the representation of Victorian England in the five? And if so, what? 
Um, Edward, you have some thoughts on that one? Yeah, so I definitely felt like it was a lot more somber. Um, mm. You know, I've seen it portrayed before. I've heard about workhouses before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's they were covered very surface level, you know, places where people could stay for work. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you should always... Uh, expect exploitation at these places. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was what was in the back of my mind. But, you know, have been, been exposed to this before, it, it hadn't been covered this well. And I didn't realize oh, yeah. how terrible it was to live in Victorian age mm-hmm. England. And I was like, it can't be great because, you know, you're coming off the heels of the Industrial Revolution and everything is dirty and then there's coal everywhere. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's all these tragedies happening. But I guess I always thought of it as m- more boring rather mm-hmm. than, like... <laughs> Look at the, you know, like this. There's no TikTok human in Victorian rights. times. <laughs> you know, the, the human or the civil rights, but yeah. you know, mm. you know, the violations at this time, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot. I guess realistic and painful almost. I, I appreciate that the author wrote this book because, um, like I said um, in the introduction, that I thought these women were prostitutes that got hacked up, and in mm-hmm. fact. They were killed apparently while they were sleeping, sleeping rough Mm -hmm. um, is what she called it, basically homeless. They were older. They weren't, you know, they weren't young. Yeah, Um, I noticed that too. They were in their 40s, most of them. two of them were prostitutes. Three of them were prostitutes, like actual documented sex workers. Right, and you could argue even on the other two that uh, one of them... You know, she the author gives pretty good uh, substantive information that would make you question mm-hmm. whether that was a, a, a decent title for what the person was doing right. at yes. the time. Just trying the, to survive. There was a lot of yeah, exactly. This is survival mode. I mean, it, I didn't. I know. I know a little bit about it, Victorian times, not a whole lot, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's hard. But I didn't realize that if you are born a woman in this time, your only chance of survival is to rely on a man to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Right. There, you know, mm-hmm. the society was not set up for women to be breadwinners, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't take into account, there was obviously no safety net, really, the workhouses, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take into account if you're, you, know, you know, your husband or your father or your brother, your male person that was taking care of you, you know, died or got sick or left you. Right. I mean, right. there was no, you were just kind of SOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, you had mm-hmm. to get a job but none of the jobs paid you well enough. Mm-hmm. And the best job that you could get was being a servant in somebody's home. Mm-hmm. But then what do you do with your, you know, eight kids? Because <laughs> there's no birth <laughs> control. You're at work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're just, I, I just don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't last 24 hours. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was. It's brutal. Definitely. I think she did a great job writing this book because it brought to life. Jack the Ripper is a horrible person or, you know, whatever group of people. The crimes were terrible. But nobody ever talks about the victims. And like right. like you were saying with mm-hmm. the Jeffrey Dahmer thing mm-hmm. lately, that mm-hmm. everyone knows Jeffrey Dahmer. Everyone knows, you know, he's in the news right now. Everyone knows, you know, his crimes. But his poor victims. I don't know anything about his right. victims. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what I loved about what the author did in this book is setting the stage basically for why they were mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. And, like, and how they ended up victims. Because mm-hmm. I think that's like one of the things that you tend to kind of see in like – uh, murder mystery and stuff like that is just like you know like oh they were just prostitutes and stuff like that and you're like you know they just but that word is so loaded with like dismissal of like death the mm-hmm. fact that these were humans it implies they deserve it right oh, basically yeah, yeah that it. exactly you're denying their humanity yeah, dem- yeah denying their humanity and like the, the death because like some of these people you know like a lot of them didn't want to be in this position <laughs> but that was the only way to survive and right. you know and like in my head I didn't you know I don't have a huge understanding of like you know this time period in England and stuff like that. So I loved how she kind of like went into depth of like, 
and just kind of kind of showed like the butterfly effect of like how like mm-hmm. this whole this time period you were kind of set up to lose as a woman you for were. sure you mm-hmm. were. i wouldn't even call this maybe a true crime book i would call this a historical book right it was history yeah and then we can't we can't forget to talk about alcohol like mm-hmm. alcohol oh, please, was yes. a huge mm-hmm. bad guy you know right. for lack of a better mm-hmm. word in this story and i didn't even think about Victorian women being alcoholics, but here mm-hmm. they are stumbling down the street, getting arrested, hollering, trying to find the co- fight cops. Yes. And that yes. just blew my mind. I didn't even think about people being alcoholics back then, but mm-hmm. I think alcohol was featured in every single one of their stories. I think so, too. And yeah. it ruined multiple, right. at least three of their lives. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. And, and in, you know, it impacts their kids as well yeah. if they're born with fetal alcohol syndrome. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the scourge just... <laughs> roles from generation yeah. to generation but you know it was one of the few ways you could self-medicate yeah. i guess against your 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 mental trauma yeah and, right. which i don't blame them oh, and this man, escaping too just like, like <laughs> i just be drunk 24 hours for real. <laughs> <laughs> well i wanted to point out too that there was um in the very beginning chapters i think she she did a nice job not only of setting up the socioeconomic um mm times uh she mentioned that uh there'd been a drought for example mm-hmm. uh that had uh made the crops uh, mm-hmm. much less bountiful and so people were coming in from the uh, countryside because they were looking for work there was literally nothing for them to do and uh you know the the queen victoria's uh was it a golden jubilee? Fifty years on the so throne yeah, yeah. Uh, had had just occurred, and so there's there's you know fantastic um, displays of wealth and gaiety and parties going on, and such a contrast between that and the hundreds of people sleeping in Trafalgar Square because yeah. they literally have no place to go, and they will not subject themselves to the workhouses because they know how appalling that is. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess I heard echoes of, of some of the social unrest we've had recently mm-hmm. because of problems like drought or, uh, you know, socioeconomic problems where people are out of work. And, Women's rights deteriorate. And, and yes, yes, you know, you can rattle them off. Yeah, I mean, salaries not keeping up with Mm-hmm. Cost of living. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. Next question. Have you previously read any other books about the crimes of Jack the Ripper? And how did this book vary? Edward, you have some thoughts on that one? I did have um, some thoughts about this was that, you know, I've not necessarily read any books about Jack the Ripper, but, you know, I've read a lot of stuff online, listened to a lot of podcasts, you know, seen yeah. a lot of documentaries on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like this book takes more of a matter of fact approach. Versus like the thriller, true crime mm-hmm. approach oh, yeah. that most other sources take to. You know, they sensationalize mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper. You know, something we see to this day, we kind of glorify, you know, mm-hmm. messed up people. We do. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. You know, like our focus is like, ah, you know, Parkland shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you know, mm-hmm. but like no focus on the victims. And I think that definitely has an effect in society Whereas, Absolutely. like, you know, everything's so focused on killer, the, the person doing this, and we're mm-hmm. not looking at the victims. And I think if we pay more attention to the victims, maybe it would make us, you know, take some more action. as like, hey, how do we keep this from happening again? Right. Uh, oh, that's yeah. not the actual root cause, you mm-hmm. know, let's look at the victims. Mm-hmm. You know, it causes that drive. You know, it puts a fighter under people who are like, hey, like, look, do something. Look look how these people are hurting. Yes. Versus like, oh, look, this, why did this guy do this? Oh, he's whatever mm-hmm. right and i think that's like that's the bigger conversation as well because like i've like i watch a lot of you know stuff like this 
uh, on YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen some of like the YouTube creators like stopped kind of showing pictures and like stopped really addressing the killer and stuff like that. Like basically like dehumanize like not not making them more human and like relatable. Like mm-hmm. like they are a person, right. but like putting more focus on the victims themselves. Mm-hmm. And you know just like how you were discussing on that, like it, it does it does really glorify the violence and like a lot of you know the serial killers that we've seen and stuff like that a lot of them are tempted to commit these you know horrible acts because they want to be immortalized in history Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and so what better way to do that than you know to just well do something horrible yeah that stuff sells right it does it does it does it does Mm -hmm. and that's really what it all boils down to um i hadn't read any other book about jack the ripper like like you were saying that i it's just kind of in the culture, you know, what kind mm-hmm. of, I know who Jack the Ripper is, you know, mm-hmm. like hacked up prostitutes. Huh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but there, there's a couple websites, man, there are people really dedicated to this, mm-hmm. this person or this crime. This, it's just, these websites just go into huge detail. And I don't, I forget one of the websites, but it shows all the, you know, the photographs and all the, all the police mm-hmm. records that they have, you know, mm-hmm. the majority of them were lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people get really, really into this. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I think the author mentioned there's there is a um, Jack the Ripper museum to this day in Whitechapel where yeah. people yeah. love to go. And, yep. and uh, there's tours as well. T-shirts, of, you, know, you name it. Sites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the book The Five is pointedly not about Jack the Ripper, as we've said here, nor is it really about his crimes. Why do you think the author made this choice? Oh, and I think we would all agree with her decision, but um, yes. <laughs> I think, you know, as we've already said, one thing it's certainly done is uh, humanize the victims, mm-hmm. bring their stories to light, um, and also point up the, the way the culture was so set up against these women. They just seem almost doomed to, to mm-hmm. fail, to, mm-hmm. to lose, to um, not necessarily die a horrible death at the hands of a murderer, but certainly their lives were just hard to read I mean, about. just hard work. I mean, yes. Yes. From, from the moment. Endless toil. Endless, mm-hmm. endless. So I listened to an interview um, with this author, and she did not start out writing a book about Jack the Ripper's victims. She started oh out writing a book about sex work uh-huh. and, you know, impoverished women. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, okay, who... <laughs> Who are the most famous prostitutes that you can think of? Jack the Ripper's victims. So she went thinking, just like we all did, that they were all hacked up, you know, prostitutes. And they Mm -hmm. weren't, obviously. Um, So she was kind of blown away. And she just got sucked into this and wrote a whole different book than she really intended to start writing. So I thought that was really neat. Happy accident. Huh? It was a happy accident. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Bob Ross. Yeah. 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 (laughs) There you go. Uh, now, do you think a basic knowledge of the Ripper's crimes is necessary to get the most out of this book? Why or why not? And did this book change your perspective on the crimes of Jack the Rip- Ripper? And if so, how? Well, I think we've kind of touched on this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. can you elaborate? I do think I do think you had to know kind of what it was about, or at least go yes. into it with your own concept of of what you know Jack the Ripper and his crimes were, because she. Mm-hmm. She kind of, I felt like she just kind of launched into the stories mm-hmm. without giving a huge background. It's like, correct. Yeah. You know, so and so did this. And she started, started out with this person's life. And you're like, who? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when they die, she doesn't really, they just kind of step off stage. They don't, yes. there's no, you know, she was found, you know, hacked up or whatever. It mm-hmm. all of a sudden goes from, you know, she disappeared into the night. 
And then the next paragraph is so-and-so had to come identify her body. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you did, I think, yes, you needed to mm-hmm. kind of know She kind bit. of drew the curtains over that she, part. And yeah. if you didn't know who Jack the Ripper was, which, I, you know, I would find hard to, to imagine someone yeah, has you'd heard have to of be it. really, like, living under, under like, uh, five right. rocks or something. Yeah. Like that. It was, like, really <laughs> out of touch. But, yeah. But then mm-hmm. again, it you know, it was exposing all of the myths mm-hmm. that that we've all accepted over mm-hmm. 130 mm-hmm. some odd years mm-hmm. yeah yeah I was, I was thinking what i was the long uh, line of thought i was going with was uh, I, I do think you need some basic knowledge to fully appreciate the book because you begin to see the flaws of the original narrative uh which is very much like the core mm-hmm. of the book yes um you know like, without knowing mm-hmm. jack, the, jack the ripper you may miss out by why it is a big deal the way the victims were misrepresented yes mm-hmm. you know oh yes yeah it was a big deal what do you think about the author's research for this book? Did you feel the sources the author used were credible and well-balanced? I uh, I think we've already touched on the fact that she was very thorough mm-hmm. <laughs> in some areas to, to really paint a picture of, you know, say what it was like to live in the Midlands where the tin and the coal and all that were, were um, you know, the mainstay of the economic um, structure in that part mm-hmm. of the country and, and how polluted it was. I mean, there were people who relied on um, water being trucked in uh, because their wells were poisoned. I mean, if you live next to the, the coal works or the tin factory, you can pretty much count on the fact that the, the water nearby is not uh, going to be drinkable. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, she was very thorough on those points. Um, I appreciated the fact that she went into, I guess, what we would call original source material. Mm-hmm. You know, she went back to the inquests into the, the various murders and, and, you know, really pulled out details from credible witnesses. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it it's pretty clear if you go back in and read that a lot of people's stories about these women contradicted each other. They did, yeah. You know, some people would say, oh, uh, I, I'm confident that she was a bright person and she was upright and she would never get into the sex trade. And then somebody else would say complete opposite. Yeah. Uh, and cast aspersions on her. But, um, yeah, she was very thorough about pulling out uh, threads in the story that would help support her argument that, no, these women were not all prostitutes. Yeah, she did. She did say that the, a lot of the police records were lost. Um, yeah. So she yes. had to read, you know, she had to rely on newspaper articles and witnesses and Which stuff. Which weren't credible. Yeah, yeah. but then, um, and maybe this was in the book, but I don't remember, but I in the interview she said she used the censuses back then. She said yes. those were extremely helpful. Yes, yes. She also um, read a lot of studies and um, of like the poor, like the sizes mm-hmm. of the houses, you know, how, how mm-hmm. sanitation worked, um, what a neighborhood was really like, right. um, you know, what their access to food was like. So she did. She did use, a, you know, as much primary like resources or sources that, like you said, as she could, but a lot of the police work was just gone. Yeah. So. yeah. Right. And I think she did a really good job with what she had and i think that's like why like like jack the ripper is such a like mystical being at this point and stuff like that is because like there was like like, we don't know who jack the ripper is and like all of the evidence and a lot of the records and stuff like that is like either lost their time or just by bad police work or bad reporting (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um i think she did a really good job at least in what with what she had dealing with that and like extrapolating Mm -hmm. like the historical like records of it Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. Uh, if anybody likes this kind of genre, um, I was going to recommend um, The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. It reminded oh, me of yeah. this book. Mm-hmm. Just 
really intriguing and interesting, you know, a horrible topic, but mm-hmm. just a really, he, he was a killer at the, you guys know. Yeah. Oh, the World's Fair. The World's Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had that crazy, like, torture house. Yep. Mm. Oh. And there was something I remember <laughs> a long time ago in a documentary I watched that they thought maybe um, H. 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 Holmes, I think, was the guy, mm-hmm. the killer. Um was maybe Jack the Ripper that he had gone back and forth. Oh, but for I think that's been debunked sake. since. Oh. But what a wild can, you know, yeah. <laughs> thing to think. Right. What a thought. Yeah. How do you think female victims of violent crime are represented in the media today? Do you think this has changed significantly since the late 19th century? And if so, how and why? Yeah, it definitely has something for this. Uh, it has not changed mm-hmm. at all since then. If a female victim is attacked, immediately people immediately begin to point out where she was, the time of the incident that happened, mm-hmm. what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. They're already trying to shift blame on the victim, almost just saying, look, they were look, looking for it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There was like that yeah. teacher that was murdered not too long ago, mm-hmm. um, and people were already saying, like, why was she running at that time of the day by herself? Mm-hmm. Already mm-hmm. looking to sh- blame yeah. this person. Right. Same thing with, mm-hmm. you know, the victims of Jack the Ripper. I was like, well... If they weren't being prostitutes, they'd be alive, mm-hmm. yeah. which is not true. Right. If a man was walking down the street and got mugged, no one would say, what are you doing walking down the street with your wallet in the middle mm-hmm. of the day? Or, and why or, were you wearing that outfit? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean yeah. it's, it's kind of preposterous. If you It is. And then I also kind of feel like the pendulum has kind of almost swung to where, as a woman, you know, with the Me Too movement, which I love and I appreciate, mm-hmm. but as a woman, you can almost accuse a man of anything and you are immediately believed. And the man is immediately like, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with either. Yeah. But you're yeah. right. You're right. If, if if you are sexually assaulted, it's always, what were you wearing? What were you doing? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, right. Or they're not even believed. They're just or very not. easily dismissed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, well, we, we can't do much. and Especially whatever. if they're a minority or, mm-hmm. you know, poor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like, yeah. Even with like, you know, like domestic violence incidences mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm like, well, we don't have enough like uh, evidence yeah. to do it. I'm like, bro, like she's got like four broken ribs <laughs> and stuff like that. And like, like look at right. her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think she, uh, uh, Rubenhold mentioned that in the book too that there were certain standards of, you know, what the police would consider enough mm-hmm. violence in mm-hmm. a domestic situation to actually intervene, and and the standards were pretty scary. You could slap around your wife back you then. Could, oh, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, right. yeah that that and was kids. yeah normal part of keeping her in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know, and it's it's kind of scary how like as you know in the book she's like going about like describing how the world was like. Mm-hmm. How it really reflects onto how the world is like today, mm-hmm. and how much yeah. like not much has changed other not than like much. the buildings and the technology yeah. infrastructure. But it's yeah. mm-hmm. it's kind of spooky that we're like, oh well, you know that was back in the dark ages. I'm like, are you sure the dark ages haven't like you know left us yet? You know, I, know. I think what well, exactly. women only were allowed to get their own credit cards in the 1970s. I mean, it's that uh, not yeah. that long yeah. ago. No. It hasn't been that long, uh-uh. right? And I think it's so easy to just kind of dismiss it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this was like a couple people ago, not like a whole like different yeah. ice age ago. Like, yeah. no, this I mean, is a even couple... now mm-hmm. as a woman, if I, if I wanted to go in and like get a hysterectomy or something, they would mm-hmm. say, well, what is your, you know, some people make you get your husband's permission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. nuts to me. Why has the mainstream Ripper narrative assumed that all five victims were prostitutes? And why is this relevant? 
Yeah, I have a feeling this goes back in part to, uh, you know, the times, uh, the way that media sensationalized the deaths of, of these women. But also there were some assumptions made about uh, what you were about if you lived in a particular part mm-hmm. of London. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. were in Whitechapel, um, all bets were off to your your moral virtue. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you just assumed uh, a great deal of information about those women based right. on where they lived right. and uh, what they wore. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. there was a description of one of the women walking around without her hat or something on, mm-hmm. and basically that was a signal to, that's, to people yeah, that that's she, a racy woman right there. Yeah, she and it's like well, maybe she's just too poor or lost it or something. And yeah. basically, I mean, all these women were homeless at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And I also read that, you know, if you were just seen walking around in the evening, you were assumed to be a prostitute. I mean, mm-hmm. just being outside at night without your hat on, mm-hmm. streetwalker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that also affects, like, the current narrative that we know about these women. And, um, you know, and you, still, you know, that the narrative that the mainstream um, people assumed back then mm-hmm. affects the narrative that we have. Oh, right. yes. And Gen- that's because, like current narrative they're drawing from existing media coverage at the time and it's probably like the easiest source of information right. uh, to get at so like all uh, the ripperologists as to what they rely on is like well the newspaper says this um mm-hmm. but that's because it's what's the easiest for them to find um mm-hmm. and i think it's very re- relevant because not only does it open up a window for how women were seen at the time yes. but also that sentiment remains to this day and like i really think like jack the ripper may have been the one to take their lives, but what truly killed these people was the sex ideologies of the time. Absolutely. Um, because I it was agree. men that decided, you know, these women were unworthy and then drove them into the hands of Jack the Ripper. Yeah. You know. Pretty much, yeah. Hallie Rubenhold has received criticism from Ripperologists since this book was published, principally because of her suggestion that three of the five victims were not at the time of their deaths and never were prostitutes. Why do you think the book has prompted this reaction from some quarters. And do you think it's justified? It's easier for them to explain. Uh, yeah. they, they need a pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anything that may poke a hole in the hypothesis that, you know, in, in this case, the, you know, Jack the Ripper's modest uh, parandi uh, will threaten the narrative that they've already built. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, that's a very slippery slope to go on. Oh, and, sure. Like, I, after reading this book, um, and I've already had, like, doubts before. I was like, was the is done by one person mm-hmm. um and if if you you get the mo that's like you know what he he goes off after prostitutes you can start saying it's like oh you know what there's there's an mo mm-hmm. yeah we can start making a theory yes but when you throw in that like you know what only one of these was a prostitute the other four people you know had different backgrounds mm-hmm. if you know died different ways mm-hmm. um you know if you do a root cause analysis I would say, are we even looking for the same guy? Or yeah. is it more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Say, or, or a man at all. Maybe it or, was a woman. Yes. I mean, these women, there was no signs of struggle. So it wasn't like a person had, was physically overpowering them. Right. They were, their throats were slit in their sleep, right? Yes. As they were sleeping, you know, Pretty on the street. Much. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, if you look at it, it's, you know, there's no clear MO once you take out the idea that You're right. they were all prostitutes. You're right. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, you know what? He was an opportunist. That's why they get, yeah. Yeah. And that's why yeah, or they, vigilante uh, and thought, you know, he was yeah. somehow doing such something <laughs> to improve uh, the neighborhood. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good theory. Huh? Yeah. 
or just like even like the ideology like jack the ripper the boogeyman like yeah. you know just like mm-hmm. this whole thing and like the second you start to kind of like well the boogeyman is not really the boogeyman yeah. this is like the wizard of oz you know like, you know the yes. guy behind the curtain and stuff yeah. like that and they're like like no you can't do that to jack you're the ruining my story like, yeah definitely <laughs> it was poverty and alcohol those were the two oh yeah main things yeah. against them i mean mm-hmm. right and i think it's just like it's just the easy route you know it's like jack the ripper killed five prostitutes Sounds the end you know it's a great yeah. story right exactly so newspapers mm-hmm. exactly oh, it sure did. Yeah, instead of saying, you know, like Jack the Ripper caught, killed five people. Five women who were struggling mm-hmm. and who were homeless mm-hmm. and had addictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were in desperate need of help, but mm-hmm. there was no help there. Was there. No. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Devin, Edward, and C, for a wonderful discussion of Hallie Rubenholtz, The Five. For our next episode, we've chosen another nonfiction title, Bittersweet, How Sorrow and Longing Makes Us Whole by Susan King. If you've ever wondered why you like sad music, if you find comfort or inspiration in a rainy day, if you react intensely to music, art, nature, and beauty, then probably you identify with the bittersweet state of mind. In Bittersweet, author Susan Cain employs a mix of research, storytelling, and memoir to explore why we experience sorrow and longing, and the surprising lessons these state of mind, states of mind teach us about creativity, compassion, leadership, spirituality, mortality, and love. Bittersweet is available in regular, large print, and audiobook on CD formats in the Longmont Library, as well as in ebook and e-audiobook formats from the Front Range Downloadable Library. So, choose your favorite format, read the book, and join our conversation. See our program notes for this episode for details on how to share your comments and questions with us. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening to Book Chatter, the book club for busy people.